Well, hello, music teacher friends. Welcome to episode number 62 of the Beyond Measure podcast. My name is Christina Whitlock. You know, your anytime piano teacher friend. And my goal, as always, is to help you feel like you are not alone in this crazy profession of ours. <laughs> and whew, doesn't that feel especially important right now? <laughs> hey, I've got your back. Today, I wanted to talk about not missing the point. <laughs> That's a little vague, I know, but I want to share with you what's been going on inside my brain for the past couple of weeks. I just finished reading an incredible book. It is called Being Mortal, and it's by an American surgeon named Atul Gawande. And it's from 2014, so I'm obviously a little late to the party on this one, but I've been wholly captivated by this collection of experiences and research concerning our care at the end of our lives. So, obviously, this was not a book about music teaching, but hang in with me because I do have a point. A primary theme of this book is the fact that when it comes to caring for people in the final stages of their lives, and that could be due to aging or to a terminal illness, well, modern medicine has brought us to a point where we kind of can't help but choose safety over quality of life. And Gawande argues that our goal needs to be more focused not on dying well, but rather on living well. So in other words, while we focus on safety regimens and ways to keep our loved ones here with us on earth longer, well, we sometimes end up missing the point. It's a whole thing, and I could go on and on, but I will keep us focused on task, I promise. As I read the final chapter of this book, I could feel Dr. Gowande's writing coming to like an audible crescendo. Momentum for his case had built and built, and then, wow, he ends with two stories of people who he helped advise through living their final days as well as possible. The last was his own father, which, of course, was an incredibly special story. But just before that, in a book that was filled with stories of incredible people with great lives, whose story did he save for this very important moment in this very important book? His daughter's piano teacher. <laughs> of course! Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything um, if you decided to go read this book. But seriously, of course, this book that I already couldn't stop thinking about featured a beloved piano teacher in its most important moment. Of course it did. <laughs> Her name was Peg Batchelder, and after some research on the good old internet, it's obvious that she was quite prolific in the Boston area during her life. So Peg was one of those teachers who taught until the very end. <laughs> and I mean very end. She did not have children of her own. 
And when Dr. Gawande asked her what would really give her the happiest day, she said, teaching my students. And once she got comfortable on hospice care, she did indeed return to teaching a little bit, as much as she was able to. She also had two final recitals, one where past students traveled from all over the country to come play once again for her, and a final recital for her current students. And it's at the final recital for her students that Dr. Gawande inserts this little nugget. He makes the point of telling how after the recital was over, Peg gave his daughter a book of music, put her arm around her, and whispered in her ear, you're special. I'm totally not doing this story justice, but just imagine this hugely accomplished, well-respected, beloved, frail woman at the very end of her days on this earth, wrapping her arm around a young girl and reminding her how special she is. I mean, friends, that's the stuff. This is the importance of what we do. And that is my point today. (laughs) Not that we will all be teaching until our last day here on the earth. (laughs) I mean, I always joke that piano teachers never get to retire. And this story certainly supports my case. But I just found it such a beautiful reminder of our truest calling, especially in the context of this particular book where the author is really challenging our conventions on how to achieve what really matters. Dr. Gawande argues, essentially, we're often missing the point about end-of-life care. And I will argue that when it comes to our teaching— we are sometimes guilty of missing the point. I've said it from the get-go on this podcast. While the music matters, and I mean, it does matter a lot, we have a very distinct responsibility to be great teachers of music. So please do not misunderstand me here. But the way we make our students feel and the relationships that we build with them That is the legacy that we are leaving them that has way more impact on them than the music itself. And for the record, it's not just what we mean to them, because the impact our students have on our own lives, well, that's pretty enormous also. Just take a second and think about all the people you have encountered because of your teaching. Let their faces flash through your mind, just like you're fanning through a deck of cards. I know that we can all readily name the people who drive us crazy, (laughs) but focus for a moment on the students and on the families who have brought joy or enlightenment or opportunity into your life. There's a lot of those too. I'll give you an example. If you know me, you know that I love and I mean love working with adult students. I have several adults who, at this point, have been with me well over a decade. They knew me before I had children. I knew some of them while they were still working, you know, before retirement. I have this brilliant student who is 84 years old, 
and I've recently started traveling to her home for her lessons. And we both got so tickled last week because we were looking at her collection of old assignment notebooks that she has saved over all of our years together. We've been through a lot together, she and I. (laughs) When she first started lessons with me, she was still taking care of her elderly mother. And since then, she's lost her mother, she's lost her husband. I mean, I've gone from being a newlywed to being a new mother to losing my own father. I've had another baby. I mean, it's a lot, right? (laughs) We've each moved homes in the last 14 years. I mean, I used to hear stories about her young grandchildren, and now they're in college. It's just wild the amount of life that we've lived together because we check in with each other every single week. In so many ways, I feel like we've grown up together, she and I. And by the way, we have played a lot of wonderful music together too. So that's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg of my memories with this student who I adore. And of course, that's just that one student. It's crazy when I think of the memories I've built with everyone who studied with me over my lifetime. So I guess this is what I want to tell you today, my friends. I know that teacher life is not always glamorous. (laughs) It's not always acknowledged for being the art that it really is. I know it's exhausting and it demands a lot of our time, of our heart, our brains, all of it, right? (laughs) I know every human being I encounter right now is a little extra edgy from what life has been like for us for the last several years. I mean, we just are. But if you are struggling with feeling like your teacher life is mundane or too predictable or not predictable enough, (laughs) if you feel like your spark for teaching is starting to dull, well, this is what I'm begging you to do. Focus on your connection with whatever human being is in front of you. That might be the student on the bench in front of you. It could be the student singing in front of you. Whether that's through a screen or in person, and whether they appear interested in what you are saying or if they don't, (laughs) whether they are making musical progress or maybe not so much. Because if you are not connecting with that person, you are missing the point. Now, I know that sounds great, but some of you might be wondering, what does connecting with a student look like anyway? Does it mean engaging them in lengthy conversations so you just talk your lesson away and end up barely touching the instrument? (laughs) No, no, actually it doesn't. I know that's the temptation sometimes, but you do need to teach your instrument. (laughs) That is your actual job after all. (laughs) But for me, Connecting with students comes from being a really keen observer of what they are doing and what they might be feeling while they are at their instrument, doling out comments like, hey, I can tell you really enjoy this piece, right? Or, you know what? That passage is extra hairy and puts even the best of us on edge. Welcome to the club. Those kinds of sentiments go a long way. 
It really pays to be cognizant of what your student appears to be feeling in the moment. (laughs) How about this one? We all deal with a lot of perfectionist types of students, right? (laughs) Well, I tell my students all the time, I can tell that you don't like to make mistakes, right? (laughs) I'll bet you're the exact same way in school, yes? (laughs) They always grin and nod their head. And I'll generally follow up with a comment like, yeah, I can see that in you because I am exactly the same way. And again, they always smile and exhale in a visible sigh of relief. People want to be seen and understood. It really is often that simple. That's the name of the game when it comes to connection. (laughs) See your people, seek to understand them and show them that you're doing that. If you can tell that your student is feeling a particular way, whether that's positive or negative, simply letting them know that you understand and throwing them any kind of bone of like, hey, I've been there, or even, hey, I'm still there. (laughs) That is how students connect to their teachers and, incidentally, how they can begin to move past roadblocks in their own playing. Building connections and improving skills. That, my friends, is the point. Don't miss it. And now, let's toast to not missing the point. (laughs) Music teacher friends of the world, we raise our glasses today in full confession that we have been guilty of missing the point probably many times over. We can't help but get sidetracked by wonky technique or bad attitudes or nutty families or our own personal exhaustion. Ours is a profession that requires a lot of giving on our parts. And naturally, there are going to be seasons where this is more taxing than others. My hope today is you will be able to reignite your enthusiasm for teaching this week by focusing on meaningful connections with the student in front of you. Whether you've taught them for 15 years or 15 minutes, each student we encounter has the capability of teaching us just as much as we are teaching them. So, Cheers to learning from one another, my good-hearted, hard-working music teacher friends. Hear, hear. And that is a wrap on episode 62, friends. Hey, I have four goodies waiting on you in the show notes for this episode. Number one, you will find a link to my supporter page where you can sign up to become one of my very best teaching friends. Uh, Two, there is a link where you can join my mailing list so you can receive my monthly e-letter full of repertoire recommendations and more. Uh, Three, I am linking the story from the book Being Mortal about piano teacher Peg Batchelder which Atul Gawande published separately in an old op-ed in the New York Times. So check that out. 
And four, finally, <laughs> you can now leave me a voicemail. <gasps> I know, what? <laughs> so if you have a question you would like me to address or a comment you just want me to hear, go ahead and try leaving me a voice memo this week so we can be even better music teacher friends. <laughs> All right, so that's it for today. I will leave you with the sentiment of onward and upward, my teacher friends. <laughs> have a great one. <laughs>